Welcome to the Spectrum Political Podcast. Let's begin, shall we? Hello. Hey, welcome, welcome to the Spectrum Political Podcast, everyone. Sorry for interrupting you. <laughs> so, good. this is literally an idea we had 30 minutes ago. Yep. We just decided, why not? And, well, I'm joined here by my excellent friend, Mr. Jacob. My name is, as well, Jacob. Yeah, we're both, both of us go by Jacob, and... I prefer Jakob. <laughs> um... Yeah. Yes, I, I do. No, I don't. And here's the thing. Not going like, these are just two guys that are named Jacob. Why should they be talking about politics? And, well, one of us is a right per, a, a right propagandist. No, no, he's not. And one of us <laughs> is basically Bernie Sanders times five. No, he's not. He's, that would be me. And I'm, I consider myself a democratic socialist, I would say. But not completely socialist because some socialism is kind of dumb. And, of course, you are conservatarian. Uh, I, I, yep, I, I'd agree with you on both points there. Yes, I'm the other Jacob, and I de would definitely say that my views generally align with that of being a hybrid between a libertarian and a conservative. But, yeah, so welcome to Spectrum, obviously. And, well, should we uh, start off with... How we this, live. Yeah, how this whole thing got started. Well, I moved to the wonderful area of Dallas, Texas from Houston, Texas. Yes, we live in da we live in the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex. Yep. And I met I met Jacob and we the unique thing about us is first off we talk about politics like crazy, but the the, mm -hmm. the unique thing is that we're really civil about it. Yeah. A lot of people that you're either friends with people that share the same political views as you or you're not you don't like to talk about it at all. Mm -hmm. Now most people usually argue a lot about politics. Like for instance, during rallies, we just hear people over yell at each other. Like you see mm -hmm. their conservatives going like freedom, freedom, wearing waving their like flags because people bring their American flags all the time everywhere, or like hang them on their trucks down in Texas. Yes, you you almost can't go a week without seeing at least a couple of those. And then most of the liberals are just going like, well, we're the we're minorities, and being someone originally being being born in the great state of New York, I have <laughs> seen plenty of lows with my trips to New York City of people yelling at me just because I'm white. So <laughs> that's where we establish where we are, and we just talk about it really civilly. I think that's pretty simple right there. Yeah. Um... So, just a little about the show, I mean, we kind of just, we kind of decided to model the show after all the stuff that we talk about on a daily basis, only the difference is, is that we're just recording it for your enjoyment or critique, if you will, but we, we co I mean, on this, we're going to cover everything from policy to parties to even cultural stuff. With entertainment and whatnot, we will talk about entertainment. Yes, we will definitely talk about entertainment. Yes, yeah. <laughs> we have plenty of say. We, we have strong opinions on stuff that happens in entertainment, since that it's just a really big thing that a lot of people go and see, and just like how much discourse there is from movies, things that you're supposed to get entertainment out of, and how people hate each other because of a movie. Cough, Star Wars, cough. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. 
Carrie Fisher floating scene anyone. Oh my and, gosh. <laughs> and we're and that's why like we're gonna talk about the entertainment, but we're gonna mainly we're not. This is not going to be a trash talk Trump podcast. Oh yeah, they're we're right. automatically gonna start talking about that because a lot of people are going to expect that are going to come here for the liberal side are going to want us to trash talk Trump and a lot of the conservatives are going to want they're us just to going to want me to you know like suck his balls. <laughs> Um, that's a way of putting it. <laughs> that's um, Fox News question mark, and we just have we just have to say uh, like Trump isn't the only thing that happens in the world. Yes, I mean president oh president. It may yes. be the vocal piece of the Amer of the American government, but really it comes down to the Senate and the House of Representatives mm-hmm. and mainly the Supreme Court that make the decisions in this country. So we're not going to be talking about Trump. Like we'll. Talk about him occasionally. We'll, we'll acknowledge him. We'll we'll go over some of the things he does, and you know we'll make sure to touch on it. But it's this is not going to turn into a Trump, Trump podcast. So we just wanted to make sure that that was we make that clear from the start, and that we are intentional about that. All right. Well, after taking a little bit of a break, we decided that we were going to talk about one more thing before we got into the main topic of today's episode. Like we were thinking about going in like we thought about going right into it but then we decided we're gonna just do this so the main thing we're gonna talk about is why we decided to name the podcast spectrum we had many different names that we thought about and yeah why don't you take over from here uh well so we decided to go with the name spectrum because a we thought it was the coolest name out of the ones we had chosen because we had some pretty awful ones that made it to the final four (laughs) but the main reason we chose it was we wanted to have a podcast that was for people on both sides. Yes. One, and because a lot of the time, especially if you like go on YouTube or other social media or even just mainstream news, is that you'll see lots of people who claim to be doing these debates when really they're just shouting matches. Like, I mean, seriously, go, just even go Google on YouTube a debate between, you know, a couple of, like, content creators, pundits, whatever. Just look up the Sargon of Akkad, like, stuff, or, like, Alex Jones. Alex Jones, Sargon of Akkad, Steven Crowder, the Young Turks. Just look up any of those. Sally Cohn, I mean, the list goes on and on and on, and all it turns into is it just turns into a shouting match, and I it's mean, like you're in the WWE. Yeah, it's it's the it's verbal WWE. There's nothing achieved, and it's basically just pandering to your audience, and that's something that both of us took issue with, and we kind of like to make fun of because, I mean, have, has your mind ever been changed by having someone screaming at the top of their lungs at you? No, no, of course not. So. We decided to name, so to conclude, we decided to go with the name Spectrum because we truly want to encompass the spectrum of political views. And given that we're both, we will talk about all of it today. We will talk about, we'll be talking about everything, nationalism, liberalism, socialism, we even talk about communism, (laughs) um, fascism, no, we're not going to talk, we're not going to talk about fascism. We'll talk about conservatism. We'll talk about, we'll talk about pretty. Much, we'll talk about a lot of those things. Progressives. We'll, we'll talk about it all. Like, it'll it will be a very. It'll be very very interesting to say the least. But I think we should get into our main topic, which we decided for today, and that is the the great Amer- American political divide. Now, every the most clickbaity articles I've ever seen 
in the new cycle are the, um, oh my god, we're on the way to the second civil war, and the political divide is the, re is the way to blame. Now, this is simply a domestic issue, but while there is stuff around the world where there is political divide, we'll be focusing on the United States. And why don't you start off with what, what you think is the reason for the, the great political divide across the United States. So the easiest way for me to describe how I think about the political divide is that the political divide is basically like one, like the law, uh, like the like the physics law of for every action there is an equal and opposite reaction. So we're bringing up Isaac Newton here. <laughs> yeah. So the biggest issue that I see is that when you start off with two people screaming at the top of their lungs at each other. Oh crap! This isn't going. I was well. It's to. it's okay. I can, I can I can take it here. Like what he's basically saying is that Isaac. It's basically equal and opposite reaction. If one person's going to scream about something like abortion, the other person's going to scream about abortion on their view. This is how I think the political divide. It's a lot of it's a lot of factors. Now I think it. Like, I read this one article from someone who used to work as a speechwriter for Ronald Reagan. She now works for the Wall Street Journal. I can't exactly remember her name. What she wrote about the Second Civil War, like, we're talking about a divide on the case of the coasts versus the center of the United States. We're talking about a divide from the south versus the north. The liberals versus the conservatives. The minority versus the majority. It's basically, that's like, the political divide falls in other of those. It's not just that, it's the media as well. People, back then, back in like the 80s and the 90s, there was always, there's always been political discourse. Now, I think it's louder now because of the internet. With the internet, now people can just write blogs all over the place, so they can like, it's like a way so you can describe your opinion. Mm -hmm. But... I think that the mainstream media, like most of them, like we're gonna talk most extreme issues, which is Fox News and MSNBC. Now, coming from a, a liberal household, MSNBC plays nonstop. Fox <laughs> News, Fox News is forbidden inside of this household. Like Fox News, like I've never heard it, and like, I haven't heard it in like three years. And the person that really makes me pissed is Rachel McDowell. She makes me. Uh, because I think she's too radical, and I we're like, this is what the conservatives think about liberals, isn't it? It's because of her. It's because of her opinions. It's like, whenever she says something, that's what they interpret all of Democrats, when in reality, that's not true. It's like the same people, like when we hear, of course, when we hear people like Tucker Carlson, or Bill O'Brien, or, like, we, we think that, oh, that's the Republican base, when in reality, there's some there are great people on both sides that will listen to your opinion mm -hmm. and will compromise. I'd agree. I think the biggest issue of how we got to the point we are at today is base is it's the principle of escalation. The con the situation will continue to escalate until someone de-escalates it, and the biggest cause of the escalation, in my opinion, is tribalism. And, not, and when I say tribalism, I don't necessarily mean racial or ethnic or even class. What I mean by it is it, it's like politics has turned into a team sport. And anything and everything that benefits my team is fair game, regardless of the consequences. You'll, you're starting to see this, for example, with um, 
you know, Roy Moore. There were plenty of Republicans who wanted him to win just because he was a Republican. They had zero issue with the fact that people were accusing him of being a pedophile and coming forward about that and bringing evidence forward about that. And so I think the general issue that needs to be resolved is politics has to go back to being an individual sport and it can't be a team one. Because whenever there's a team, whenever you're playing a team sport, Literally anything that helps your team, whether it be the officials get a call wrong, i.e. the Supreme Court, when the other team makes a mistake, Republicans and Democrats, that benefits your team, it turns into a almost a, a zero-sum game. And I really wish that we would just take a deep breath and step back from that and stop making everything winner-take-all, and actually work together? Well, not necessarily work together, because, I mean, I think that we it's baby steps. I don't think we're going to be in a month, go from, you know, screaming in the streets and people shooting each other like they are now, to, you know, kumbaya around the campfire. But I think the easiest way to de-escalate the situation would just be to collectively take a deep breath and realize that, you can't get so worked up about everything. It's not the end of the world. Now, I want to talk about the political divide in a different way, and it's like, it's because of the suppression of opinions. Like, the reason why, like, the, the most important law in the United States, in my opinion, which is allowing us to do this podcast and allow so many people to express themselves, the most important law in the United States, I believe, is freedom of speech. Yeah, it's I the most important law in the entire... United States. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd agree with you there, but I'd also just say that in general, the rights in the Constitution kind are of, all important. Are, are all equally important. Well, maybe the right opinion. to bear, bear arms. We're not going to get into like. We're, we're, we'll, we'll, that's we'll, for a different we'll episode. Save, <laughs> we'll save that for a, another episode of. You know, maybe when the. Like, because we are getting back into the school season, which means that it's just. Um, unfortunately, it's just inevitable that a school shooting will happen. Maybe if that happens, well, I hope it doesn't. I hope to like to God it does not happen. But if it ever happens, the gun debate's gonna rage again. It's, yeah. To be it, fair, it's already raging, it's but it's gonna it's gonna happen again. And then the gun, depending on the what type of gun it is, it's just gonna it's gonna start another debate. We'll talk. And if that happens. Well, for sure, talk yeah, about it we'll because it's important. Do an but analysis of it. I'm getting that to free speech. One thing that I hate is when people oppress someone else, even though, and then cry to like cry wolf when they don't get their way. Yeah, one of the things that that especially with talking about the political divide irritates me the most is when you have it has to be third wave feminist, doesn't it? Well, that not necessarily that, but just the enormous double standard we have with take with going after people for simply for their opinion. It's one thing to disagree with someone and, you know, send nasty grams on Twitter, but it's an entirely different thing to try to get someone fired because you don't like their opinion on any on some given issue. I mean, when you have people I, I remember there just recently there was a guy who got fired from the Atlantic magazine because they didn't like some of the things he and some of the things he had said in his past, and then of course we have the more important issue of 
famous of director James Gunn being fired from Guardians of the Galaxy 3 because conservatives went back in his past to find those old jokes because they didn't like well, exactly. how he dissed Trump, how he was attacking Trump. Well, precisely. We're ruining our entertainment because we don't like the other person's political views. Like, that's sensory of information, sensory of expression. Like, the main thing I hate is, like, you, you hear this a lot with colleges, how, mm -hmm. you'll, how colleges will have, like, a right-wing... Like, colleges, obviously, are centers of liberal ideas. A lot of liberals go to a lot of... Like, some countries, some, like, colleges are predominantly liberal. Well, it's mainly just that the, 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 administ ones. the administration is predominantly very social justice inclined, the, the social justice strain of liberalism. They're very inclined towards that viewpoint and will often do very illiberal things like try to shut people down from speaking. Like white supremacists who will get shut down from speaking because there was so much protest they can't. Well, like, exactly. That's censoring of information. Why, can't, why does this person not get to speak but you get to speak? Yeah, well, I think that even goes further to the point of if you have to shut down someone else's, you know, speech or event or whatever, that's not... You haven't really won anything. Really, you've lost. Because the second that you just decide you're going to take your ball and go home, you're really just admitting you have no argument. You cannot defeat this person in the marketplace of ideas or a debate, and you're just admitting defeat in trying to burn the place down. The most obvious example to me are when you see, you see those viral videos of all the people showing the videos of all those feminists who are like, um, who won't let them, who won't let people speak, who really, if you do research on these groups, they're not letting speak, are actually not that bad. I mean, there's some that are bad, but they're not like all bad. Or the biggest example, the biggest example to me is Jordan Peterson. Yeah, Jordan Peterson is really interesting because he kind of became, even though he doesn't necessarily... He's not American, but... Well, he, yeah, he's a Canadian psychology professor, for those of you who don't know. But the, the really interesting thing about Jordan Peterson is that he doesn't really subscribe to a particular political viewpoint, but it's just, it's kind of shocking, honestly, to see just how vicious the reaction is to him. And even even to people that are general that are generally you you could even say are more liberal, like Dave Rubin, Sam Harris is a great example, and others. I mean, it's just it's it's embarrassing. It is embarrassing, and that's across the political spectrum. Yeah, obviously, it is with people. You have people that on the left that are like that that cannot take a word like. Anyone, pretty much, a lot of people on MSNBC are like that. That's why I refuse to listen to MSNBC anymore. I think that I think that it's really hypocritical that they hear they bring a Republican on, they bring like Kellyanne Conway on, and she'll oh, like brother. <laughs> she'll like start boasting on Trump, and then they'll get pissed off. I'm like, what were you expecting? What yeah, were you exactly. expecting? And then like maybe you should like do your maybe you should expect that oh this person's basically gonna like embarrass us on live television or like like in the fox news like they don't bring the liberals on they bring the really dumb ones on that they could easily beat like that's that's mainly yeah, that's, tucker that's carlson general idea that's I'm, mainly tucker carlson though yeah well i mean it's i think the other large issue and connecting back to the issue of why is there such a great political divide i think the it really goes back to 
there isn't any real respect for a simple respect for at a basic level for the someone you dis- for well for someone you disagree with you don't have to respect the president you don't have to have any you don't have to respect trump you don't have to respect paul ryan you don't have to respect nancy pelosi or what have you but at the very least you need to be civil because one of the things that strikes me as oddly hypocritical is when Trump for is like when Trump first came into office, you had All tons of tons of, and tons of people complaining about how unpresidential he was, and then they turned around and started doing the exact same thing. They started protesting. No, not necessarily protesting. Protesting but, is part of our rights, though. Well, it, I'm not talking about protesting. I'm talking about you know people criticizing him for you know using crass language and saying kind of despicable things on occasion, and then turned around and started doing the exact same thing. Like they went, like there was, uh, right when he first got inaugurated, there were a, bu- there were a couple of uh, smaller media outlets that went after his kid. And it's like, you can't defeat Trump by becoming Trump. You have to be civil about it. Well, yeah. And, and like that makes you a hypocrite if you do... In kind of a way. Precisely. And it, it kind of also even leads into the whole, oh, you're such a triggered snowflake. Well, you can't really, you have to be consistent. If you're going to use that argument, you have to be consistent with it. And I think that's another thing that has also kind of led to the, I, 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 want, I don't want to say destruction, but erosion, I think erosion would be a more appropriate term. The erosion of public discourse everything has basically turned into oh we gotta own the libs or oh those retarded republicans or whatever and libtards yeah exactly and racists that's what like most people of new york call they all think when when they say when i go up to new york and i talk to my i talk to people and i'm like oh i am from i'm from tech i live in texas and they go like are all the cowboys down there yeah like it's not like it's not that like different and then like everyone in new york thinks that like it's all like city it it isn't and Mm -hmm. it's like we live in like it's like such a divide and i want to go back into history a little bit where the political divide started because before there was a little more respect well, yeah, in even, certain areas. even as recently, I, I think I would say that it really started to break down right around the Bill, Cl- right around the transition I, between Bill Clinton and George, George Bush. Bush. I'd say though that the early signs, the signs were there. I think the most early signs were in the '60s, with the pass with LBJ passing the Civil Rights Act, and that kind of changed school because remember that was really hard for people to get past it was really hard yeah but that's more that i'd say that's more of along racial lines than it is political i mean i would say that even even through like even through reagan there was at least a basic respect for one's opponent I mean, if you remember the debate when the presidential debate between Lincoln and the I can't remember I can't quite Douglas. remember the Douglas Douglas like, his name yeah because the, the, the debate is called Lincoln Douglas no 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 Reagan and Reagan and it was the guy who only won one state I can't remember what his name was the well I don't know what his name was but I mean that's why no one knows what his name was he only won <laughs> one state yeah there you go but 
all I, all I remember from, I believe it was that term that he won re-election, is that there, during the, on the campaign trail, his, Reagan's challenger was making, was, uh, making a lot of, well, President Reagan's getting older, and, you know, as you get older, you generally start to lose some mental capacity, and so it's reasonable to, and it was, to ask, well, as you get older, are you still going to be able to faithfully execute the duties? Well, and, he wasn't wrong there. I mean, it was later discovered that Ronald Reagan had dementia. Well, yeah, but the, the main point is, is that e even during that, there was at least the appearance or perception that there was at least a level of respect there. Even, and even when in one of the most, their, one of Reagan's most famous lines during one of their debates was, I promise not to, I, if my, I, it was, it, to paraphrase, his, he said that he would not bring up his, that if, if his opponent promised not to bring up his age, again, he would promise not to bring up his inexperience. And the thing there was that if you go back and you watch the video of that, everyone in the room was laughing. And it wasn't a vicious laugh like you'll see anymore. Or It was just a comedic laugh. Yeah, it was, it was like we're all buddies. Well, it, w it wasn't necessarily that we're all buddies, but it was, okay, that was kind of funny and, you know, good. They're poking fun at each other. And, there's and nowadays the, it's just, it's fighting, not it's only, just, it's, it's fighting. It's nasty. Nowadays, it, like, it really did start with Bill Clinton, I'd have to say. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd say it, it had to start. Maybe at least this, it had to start with Bill Clinton right after the scandal broke about him, um, about the, the the Monica Lewinsky affair. It had. Yeah, to I start think that's there. kind of when we really start started to see like the ripples coming from. I don't necessarily want to ascribe it to any one particular thing, or person or entity. As I said, I before. think it also because remember Bill Clinton's time. That's another. This is another argument to make that political discourse never changed. That's true. Because with Bill Clinton, there was more expression. But guess what Bill Clinton was? His presidency was the president, presidency when the internet was starting to be created. And with the internet comes more viewpoints to be expressed. Like Because now you can type in your opinion on Google and you'll have thousands of other opinions sharing, like people sharing the same opinion as you. So like mm -hmm. I think the internet surely has made it political divide look larger than it it is. I still think it's grown, but I think that it's partially because of the internet, for sure. Yeah, because I'm... people are like, sorry, people are talking about, like, I'm just going to transition to an interesting topic for you so you can elaborate about it. Twitter. <laughs> well, Twitter, twi the, the interesting thing about the internet in general, and Twitter in particular, is just the creation of these just almost impenetrable echo chambers i mean especially when like you can go if you go to you know like a conservative or a liberal or a democrat or republican leaning newspaper or you know news outlet that has comments it's really kind of shocking to you know read the comments and even go on like facebook twitter etc and read what people are saying about these issues and you kind of start to realize the amount of, or the, the sheer lack of anyone ever challenging some of these people's viewpoints 
or even being exposed to other ones is kind of shocking. I mean, I, I still remember very, very well that when I first, that, you know, when I just, dis I discovered, when I first kind of discovered the, uh, the Washington Post and the Atlantic, when I started to really kind of start paying attention to politics was that I found there was a whole new world out there of people that didn't necessarily agree with everything. These are our final thoughts here today. We're going to, the final thoughts about the issue and how we fix it. Yeah. So moving for moving forward on the political divide, I think the most important thing that everyone with no, with no exceptions that everyone needs to do is go seek out not only competent, but intelligent and thought-provoking challenges to your own arguments. Even if you just go on Reddit to that, and even if you're just going on Reddit or reading articles from the Atlantic or the New York Times, read something or seek out sources and mediums that are not going to always agree with you. Because I think the worst thing that we can do is, in the middle of all of this, retreat further and further into our own echo chambers. Because if, if anything, that's just going to make things even worse than they already are. But my, ma my main point, seek out challenges to your own views. That's the only way to improve them. All right, that's this is where I'm going to get into this. I think the main thing to do is like we seek out information. Of course, is like on the opposite side. Like if the liberals that are out there, if you have never gone on it, go on Fox News's website well, and see the different, and then go on MSM. And then oh, I want you well, to go uh, on. I have a little challenge for you. Sorry, go on Fox News. Then I want you to either go on CNN or MSNBC's website. And see the contrast of A, the words that they are saying, and B, what they are talking about. So, like, for instance, yeah. I remember one time, this, I remember one time I was on CNN and they were talking about the Mueller investigation and on their front page, and it was very neutral. Then I went on MSCC, they were also talking about the Mueller investigation. It was very liberal language, going like Trump, obstruction of justice was used a lot in their articles. Mm -hmm. And then I went to Fox News. They were not talking about the Mueller investigation. They were talking about the FBI Lovebird affair. They were talking about that and focusing about how they were biased towards the liberals. Yeah, so yeah. you could see the contrast. Yeah, just a quick, sorry to, sorry to interrupt, but just a quick thing on the outlets that I would, if you're, if you're a liberal out there and you're, or someone who generally finds themselves on the left end of the political spectrum, or even the center, what, the websites that I would highly recommend for the most, the best commentary on the right would be National Review, The Federalist, The Washington Examiner, and, the, and I would also highly recommend that you go on Politico. Politico itself isn't much, isn't really right or left wing, it's pretty neutral. But Politico is really good for getting an understanding of where the basis for a lot of uh, arguments made by conservatives and Republicans and libertarians come from. And then for the Republicans, I, I think I'm going to speak out for the Republicans here. 
Um, if you want to learn about liberal sources, I highly recommend the New York Times. Now, of course, you have to you after you view a certain a certain amount of articles, you have to pay for a subscription. That's the, <laughs> yeah. And we're not going. And I'm not going to say that there's a way around it. I'm not going to say. I'm sure if you Google it, you will find it. But there, <laughs> yeah. I recommend the New York Times. They are some of the most accurate people out there. They do their research really well, and they don't have to deal with advertisement because they're based off subscription. Yeah, they're generally I also, pretty good. I also recommend the Washington Post. Washington Post has done great things in the past, of course, and they still do great things today with their research. And I would even re I would even recommend CNN to some extent, but not like too much. I'd recommend Reuters for like a neutral opinion. I'd recommend, in certain cases, I'd rec I'd also recommend um, BBC or like a, a for the foreign ones are pretty good at, because they are coming from a different angle since they are not from the United States. So they come from a different angle. The Atlantic's also really good for uh, looking for, you know, more left-leaning opinion pieces. The Atlantic's are really good for those. Yeah, so back to like, my final thoughts, I think the one thing that we need to do is I think the most important thing, do your research. Oh yeah. Do your research because it makes you look even dumber if you go into an argument and your facts are wrong. Yeah, please don't. I, I cannot blame you how many times I've watched a presidential debate and the facts are wrong and I automatically can tell that it's BS. Mm -hmm. Like, the only, like, every politician, like, I've ever, like, heard, excluding Bernie Sanders, all of their facts I've heard, like, I don't believe. I go, like, that doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound right. Like... Especially with like with Hillary Clinton, it mm -hmm. sounded right, but we're not talking about her right now. Yeah, we could talk if she <laughs> we, ever comes. We could talk about we her. We could do late. five episodes on that alone. <laughs> you could do five episodes about Hillary Clinton. We, we can call it "What Happened" by Hillary Rodham Clinton. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, so just f wrapping up, we're probably going to be releasing a new episode of the Spectrum, <laughs> at least uh, probably around twice a month from here on out. We'll post the finalized schedule once we work out all the details and probably on thursday or friday we'll mm -hmm. do it and when here's a special thing since this we're starting this podcast in 2018 it's a very unique year since it's midterm year oh it's so it's interesting so it's midterm year so what we might do is that we are told if you do not think that the day after the on um, the day after the um that the midterms that we are going to Either A, be live streaming on the midterms, or B, <laughs> we're going to, um, or B, we are going to do a podcast like on the on like the Wednesday of the midterms. You are sorely mistaken, and we will definitely talk about the midterms once all the primaries wrap up. Absolutely, absolutely, because it is very interesting, and you have to have an open mind when talking about those things. Oh yeah, that it, the easiest way to figure out if someone can be objective is to start asking them what their analysis of the upcoming elections are you'll very quickly find out who's being a ideological demagogue and who can actually objectively analyze the data and then we'll talk about other things look we had some ideas we were going to talk about thought about talking about russia and china we thought about talking about some of the political party stuff we thought about talking of course guns we that's my favorite personally <laughs> We might even talk about some like how uh, we might even talk about secularism, like how 
how religion impacts politics because we're very unique on the religious factor too. I guess we could just tell like yeah, you're non-denominational. Yep, I'm a non-denominational Christian, and I am a Roman Catholic. Yeah, so that so, definitely leads to a couple has led to a couple of interesting uh, discussions. Ideas, especially since I have a Pope Francis. We will definitely <laughs> talk. We will definitely talk about natal. Natal. NATO. <laughs> NATO. NATO. Honestly, they should just change their name to NATO because NATO kind of sucks. Yeah. We will talk about the. We will talk about mainstream media, SJW Hollywood. Oh yeah, that's gonna. We be are. Fun. We will also, if this blows up and we get people, we will do. Maybe we can even do some Q and A. Q and A. About or we can do uh, a poll on like these are the issues we can talk about. Vote and we can we can force you people to vote and then we can figure out what to do. <laughs> But I think that's pretty much it for today. So, I'm Jacob. And I'm Jacob. And we are signing off of the first episode of the Spectrum Podcast. It's only about, it's only going to be like 40 minutes long around there. So, it's not going to kill you. If like, you made well, it this far. <laughs> if, you made, if you made it this far. You can automatically be turned off by my idiotic voice. Or being like, I mean like, all these people are freaking frauds. Like, we're not frauds. We're from Texas. Thank, thank you very much. And yep, in the you. words in the words of Jeb Bush, please clap. <laughs> that was good.